Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. You went to Outback? You can't be mad at going to Outback. I, I brought Outback back here. And no, I can't be mad nice. at it. I had, I had a couple steaks, some lobster tails, some blooming onions, some cheesy fries. I had some good stuff. And you know, when you're a kid, like, I love takeout so much more than I like going to restaurants. Is there anything wrong with that? Like, I like, I like eating in the comfort of my own sweatpants. I don't think I you. should apologize for that. I don't think I need to feel bad or sorry. Um, on that note, I think that's a great topic. Let, let's kick it off. Wow. Welcome back, Luca Nation. Uh, I'm catching you guys from the other side of the earth, so I might be a little bit frazzled and flustered on this uh, episode, but I know that you guys, um, you've been with us through thick and thin, so I don't think this variable will be anything uh, That's right. we can't overcome. Episode 101 <laughs> finds Andrew in Mexico. Gotta love it, man. The world travel. It's like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiandro? That's you. You don't know who that is, right? You, you know who Carmen San Diego is? You I, do, I do, I oh, do, I do. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. Carmen Andrew. I like it. Was, was that Disney? Was that Disney sponsored? Who, who made that show? I don't think cartoon so. Network? I think the initial one was just, you know, a random cartoon. I think they, they tried to with like a Kim Possible or some, some special agent type, you know, ripoff uh, of the intellectual property. But no, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? That would be good. I had it on, my, on a floppy disk. On an old, uh, an old computer. You know, anybody know what a floppy disk is? It sounds terrible. But yeah, I'm old. Cage. So they can't see you uh, on camera, but they they did see the the video with Gary, yourself, mm-hmm. and me. You were wearing a. What was your shirt saying then? Who right cares? now it's a. Right now it's it's Los Pollos Hermanos. This is the Chicken Brothers. This is uh, this is from uh, from from uh, what do you call it? from Heisenberg, from Breaking Bad. Where do you get all these vintage shirts? Where do you get all these vintage shirts? Oh, I get them from this awesome vintage store. Uh, It's French. It's called Target. Target, pal. Why does it look like it was half worn? Why did it? Why does it look like it was half worn when you bought it? Uh, well, I guess they age them a little bit. You know, they age the shirts. Either that, or I've owned it for you know ten years, and you know that's just what happens after uh, after washing and wearing quite a few times but the one i was wearing for the video with gary i think is the one you're asking about is um it said fun yeah. fact i don't care because i don't know if you could see the bottom line on there but you know i figured gary would, would, would think that was funny he was giving us all these facts but i just didn't care <laughs> <laughs> i love it so we got the astros are back kershaw crumbles again in the sixth and seventh inning what's, uh, what's going on with that guy uh, and, then, and then I have a good play for you guys today that is in the NFL world. So I'm excited. I can't Cage, wait. What you, I can't wait. What is it? What is it with Kershaw? Give us like your, you know, expert insider analysis, Buster, Buster Cage only. What is it with, what is it with Kershaw? <laughs> you know, he's very, very good, but he, he just decides, I mean, it's not a conscious decision, but when he blows up, it's on the biggest stage. Dude, look at his career. He's got great career numbers, great regular season numbers. He's even got some really good postseason games under his belt. But it just it, for whatever reason, and maybe it's the pressure cooker, uh, maybe it's that he's facing better bats at the time because, you know, a team to get to the playoffs, that Atlanta Braves lineup is nothing to sneeze at. Um, and he was pitching pretty well. But, you know, it, 
every pitcher has it, right? They, they hit a wall, they reach an inning, you know, they're too taxed, they're too stressed, you name it. But for whatever reason, I honestly have no clue what it is with him, but for whatever reason, he seems to, when the lights shine brightest on him, he seems to wither, which is just, you know, I mean, you said it yesterday. He's like, you know, the best worst pitcher or the worst best pitcher, you know, and really, you know, really the, the you know, the time where, 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 where goats are made, you know, that last second shot or pass, if you're the goat LeBron, um, you know, the, you know, the pressure cooker situation, you know, you're either yep. going to show up or you're not. And for whatever reason, in these big situations, Kershaw has not shown up. And really that's, that's what it is. Like in baseball, the third time through the, through the lineup is like a final shot for the pitcher. If you really think about it, right. Cause that's where, you know, these batters have seen him twice. They, they know his stuff. They know his fastball. He knows curveball. And do you have that extra stuff, right? It's like stuff. So it's an interesting thing, right? It's an interesting thing, right? I've watched enough Yankee games, and they always seem to falter against pitchers they've never seen. They always seem to have a tough time against some guy you've never heard of. And like, why can't the Yankees, this team, hit him? And it's a great point you're making, right? You asked me once about Bill Belichick and the value he adds to a team. And at the time, I said, ah, he doesn't add anything. He doesn't put the shoulder pads on and go out there and do it. And that was short-sighted. And we're seeing this week with COVID, I think that the Alabama college football spread moved two and a half points when Nick Saban came down with COVID. No injuries, nothing on his team. Wow. Just the coach was impacted. It had a two and a half point spread impact. Go beyond that. And I'm going to give you a great example that goes exactly what you're talking about now, where I was very impressed by this. The Yankees were outmanaged. All right, the Yankees were outmanaged, and they were outmanaged out of the playoffs. So Cash, the manager of, uh, of the Rays, had a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant plan for that final game against the Yankees, where he had his pitchers come in in basically three-inning chunks. Now, the pitchers did what they needed to do, but basically he took his pitchers out after they faced the Yankee lineup once. So hmm. no, the Yankees never saw that pitcher for a second time. They didn't have an eight-pitcher, a nine-pitcher bat, two innings before to say, okay, I've seen all the pitches. I know what's coming. I know the release point. I know the angle, you name it. And he basically went one pitcher for almost three innings. Then another pitcher came in and, and after the lineup turned over, he, he subbed out a pitcher. So yeah, there's a lot to be said about what you're saying. And, and across baseball, not just Kershaw, but across baseball, most pitchers batting average against goes up. It gets worse for the pitcher the third time around the batting order. You know, I think it's less about that 100 pitch mark and more about that 100 pitch mark usually coincides with these, these, these big hitters seeing the pitcher for the third and or fourth time. Um, and that's why I'm seeing the bullpens become more, um, you know, more used earlier on in games. So, I mean, that's part of it, I guess. You know, these guys, they're professional hit, uh, um, hitters, and they've seen Kershaw two, three times, and they take advantage of it on that third or fourth time around. It's a good point. I, I agree, man. And I, I really wish, I mean, this is one of the things we were not going to get to see, but I wish we did, was see Davey Garcia go through that lineup. Like, that's a young pitcher. I wish we could have seen him at least go to, into the second, third inning, right? And if he got yep. into a bit of trouble, okay. But if he, I, I, I think that, and I called you, we talked about that right after that game. I thought that was such a poor management decision. I know that was an analytics play, and that was out of Boone's hands, based yep. on what you said. Yep. Um, but, yeah. Do you think the Astros, do they come Well, back? it makes even less sense. 3-0? It makes even less sense when they only use them for that one inning. 
for the whole series. He never came back right. into the game. So, I mean, it's just uh, the whole thing just doesn't really make much sense. But, listen, it's going to be interesting in Yankee land. We're not even talking about the Yankees, but, I mean, it's interesting what they're going to do with Gary Sanchez. they got a lot of decisions. Catcher, you know, what pitchers are out there. Um, you know, we'll see what kind of free agency there is, what kind of money there is as far as, like, salary money, caps, you name it. It's going to also impact basketball. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason because a lot of it is going to be impacted by COVID. You don't realize that, but, you know, what teams are going to be allowed to spend and what that cap is going to be on, um, on basketball. But it hasn't been set yet. So that's part of the whole free agency thing. I mean, I think that, you know, as of today, I think you're, the, the teams are allowed to start talking to and working out potential draftees, people for the draft, which comes on the 18th. But I don't expect – I expect December 1st is where um, free agency actually opens up. It's usually a week or so after, uh, after the draft. So I, I would expect sometime around, around there. There's a lot of meetings that have to happen with the Players Association between now and then to see what kind of, uh, you know, actual money – is going to be when they're going to start the season. Is it going to be Martin Luther King Day to continue to further the uh, social justice message that the NBA has been pushing? Are they going to push it back towards March to see if they get more, you know, uh, give them more time to actually have people in the stands so that the owners and the, the teams can get more revenue? It's going to be interesting to see, and that actually will play into my play. So, but we're going to skip back over to the Astros. I actually, I'm going to say something which I, I can't believe is going to come out of my mouth, but I actually <laughs> want to root for the Astros. You know, I mean, I, I, first of all, I've never been a fan of the Rays. They've built up a nice rivalry with the, um, you know, with the Yankees recently, um, you know, with the Red Sox basically mailing in the season. Um, so I can't root for the Rays. I hate the Astros. I'm really not rooting for any of them. But I, I used to watch wrestling as a kid. I never really got back into it now. Um, it's a little crazy. Um, I'm not a huge fan of steroids, so I, I don't want to watch these, these animals on, on TV. But, um, you know, these guys are huge. They're, they're all jacked up. But, you know, I think you have to be on steroids now to, to wrestle. So I don't want to push that, that narrative. But um, when I watched it as a kid, I'm sure they were on steroids there too, but I didn't realize it when I was a kid. But I watched it as a kid, my favorite were the heels. My favorite was when somebody went full heel. Like they owned it. Um, and, you know, obviously it's easier to do that in wrestling because it's all an act. I've always hoped for John Jones in the UFC to go full heel. People hate the guy, right? People hate him. They can't stand them. They want him People to. hate John uh, Jones? Oh, they do. Because, you know, he's been arrested. He's got drunk driving. He fails drug tests. He, he's, you know, he's, he, he tries to put this persona on. And believe it or not, he's been his worst enemy throughout his career. This is a guy who could have been considered the GOAT. And, and by many people, they still think he's pound for pound the best that's ever stepped in, into the octagon. But, um, but, I mean, he lost years of his prime because of being suspended, because of drug testing issues, you know, SADA issues, you name it. And I always thought it would have been great if he would have just went full, like, heel, like, a, like in the wrestling, like go full enemy, full bad guy. Just be like, all right, screw you all, you know, come out and flip the finger to everybody as he walks to the cage, you know, just go full heel. And guess what? I'll root for that. You have to have, you have, to have that bad guy, right? I mean, movies are not good if everyone's a good guy, right? There's got to be a bad guy in it. And, and the most compelling movies are the ones that have the most compelling bad guys. And I mean, if I were... CEO of the MLB or, you know, the commissioner, I'd be pushing this narrative too. I don't care because that, that puts butts in the seats and it actually makes people watch it. I would be all over Correa right now. He's basically gone full heel. He's basically like, you know, the hell with everybody. You want to call me a cheater? The hell with you. We're going to go out there. We're going to win anyway. Like, you know, he, he has embraced it. And when the guy who goes full heel hits a walk-off home run in the ninth inning <laughs> to, to, to keep them going, you know, to keep them alive, I find myself rooting for it. And maybe that makes me a weirdo. I don't know. But, you know, I don't think the Astros are going to come back and win four. But you can't win four until you win one. 
and you can't win until you win two. And now they've they're halfway back. Yep. They've won two, and you know. And, it, and if it's three three, who has the momentum going into that last? Well, game I think seven, the, I think the Rays already are are in a bad spot. It's a young team. No one's been there before, right? They and they don't have that clubhouse presence. You know, they they didn't sign a. You know, a guy like – remember we were talking about San Diego. If they made it, they had a guy like Hosmer who actually won in the last yep. five years yep. who could, you know, tell these guys about the, you know, the, the grind of it the, or could settle them down now. Instead, what they find themselves with is, you know, momentum slipping away and, and almost find themselves in, in a must-win situation tonight because forget about it with, you know, game seven um, looming. Yeah, if you're the manager, let me ask you. Yep. You have, you have, let's hypothetically, this isn't reality. You have Justin mm-hmm. Verlander. He hasn't pitched yet. Yep. Do you, he's on the on Astros. Do you put him out on game six or game seven? Well, he's not pitching. He's hurt. I know. That's what a hypothetical is. <laughs> no, so, no, well, listen, you have the Astros. If I'm the Astros manager, you have to treat every single game like it's a game seven, which is what they've been doing. I mean, D- yep. Dusty Baker, who whatever, I mean, I think he's overrated. Hmm. But he, what he did with the bullpen last night and his utilization of the bullpen combined with a, an amazing play made by Bregman, just a barehanded stab. It wasn't even close at first. I mean, just I don't like Bregman either. Um, I find it hard to tell you a name of someone I do like on the Astros, but I really don't like Bregman. Um, but he made a play that, that basically saved them the game. Um, and you know, no, if you're the Astros manager, you still have to treat this is now game six. You have to treat it like game seven because it is it's an elimination game for you. It's not an elimination game for, for the race. Um, so you, you know, put your best pitcher out. You put your ace yeah, out there. Yeah, hundred percent because there is no tomorrow when it's an elimination game, right? You, the worst thing you can do is do what they did with Garrett Cole. The Astro, you know, Garrett Cole was left last year, you know, in the bullpen. How do you leave your, 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 your best weapon? In the World Series, right? How do you leave him? How do you leave him there? How do you not bring him in? How do you go down? How do you lose with without emptying the chamber, right? How do you not take your best yep. shot? So I could not. How see, do you? I, how I, do you lose with bullets in the tank? Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. couldn't. Well, well, hopefully not bullets in your tank because your car's going to explode. But but yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> true, bullets true. in the chamber, gas in your tank, whatever cool. whatever analogy or whatever cliche you want to use or or or, or, or slogan. Yes, <clears throat> you cannot be the Astros manager, put your second best pitcher out there hoping that, don't worry, you got your best one from game seven, and then your, your, your second best pitcher gets lit up in inning one, and you never even get to you know, use your best weapon. No, you put your best foot forward, and you treat it as if you're, you're not going to get to game seven unless you win game six. Um, but the bigger management question is, what does Cash do? You know, what does he do with these kids? You know, what does he do with, you know, a Rosarena, who was my favorite guy who hit another home run last night. And by the way, if you're listening to this, there, we will have released this at 8 o'clock. You're listening to this 8.15, 8.20, whatever time it is. Hopefully, you're one of the subscribers who's getting this. In the next couple of minutes, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we're giving away that Ben Baller tops Randy a Rosarena out of 25 orange refractor. It is a sick, sick card. It's worth a couple hundred bucks raw as it is. If you get a grade and you're lucky enough to get a 10, I mean, that could be a four-figure card. Um, it is a nice card. We're giving it away. So, you know, you want to hit pause or you want to listen to this and go grab another uh, iPad or whatever it is and go make sure you enter. Um, you'll find our contest on our Instagram page. Uh, someone's going to win that tonight. So, so what does Cash do? How does he settle down his young guys? I mean, this is where, and it's, you made the point, and I was wrong in saying the managers don't matter. In a situation like this, Cash could be the difference, again, between whether they win or lose. And you'll know it right away. You'll know how the pitcher comes out. You'll know how, you know, whether they're settled or whether they're uneasy. 
I mean, the Astros, you don't have to worry about that. Dusty Baker could basically walk into the locker room, fall asleep. These guys have been there every year, year in, year out. So they know what they're facing. They know what they're up against. And right now they do. They have a ton, ton of momentum and really nothing to lose because nobody after game three expected them to even be here, let alone have a chance to potentially steal this series. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely, there's a lot of little backstories in there and it makes it fun. I mean, and, and with no breaks, come on. You know, we don't have to wait. The games are today. We'll see whether or not, you know, the World Series could be set today. If both the Braves and the Rays win, you got a Braves Rays World Series. So we Love can know it. who's 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 playing today. So give me your uh, give me your. You said you had a a play. What's your play? I do. So guys, Luca Nation, we try to bring you guys partnerships, opportunities uh, that we really think are valuable to you. One of those partnerships is with the Wharf Sports Cards. Right, he's a consigner, uh, and he's made my life so much easier when it comes to uh, liquidating, you know, some of the cards I have and getting money back in my PayPal so I could reinvest. So this card, it was actually brought to us by the wharf, you know, because if you think about it, he gets to, he watches the market like a hawk. He knows what's selling, when, is it better to auction a card? Is it better to sell it as best offer? Uh, and this is a play that it makes a lot of sense to me. So I ha could not have been more critical of Bill O'Brien, right, Cage? Correct. Now he's gone. Yep. And who does that help? Well, I mean, it, it, it I think depends. that helps long-term Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun that helps long-term Deshaun Watson a lot. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, who, who's your replaced uh, by, right? So Romeo Cornell, he's a, guy, he's a coach that people want to play for. I mean, that guy's gotten some real good, real good results. And, and obviously, they did not want to play for uh, O'Brien. So, uh, you know. Yep. I think it definitely Deshaun Watson. So now – can't can't have been in a worse situation. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> so Deshaun Watson, he was unbelievable in Clemson. He's someone that's poised in the pocket. He's a leader, in my opinion. Uh, the jury's still out on what what's he what's he going to be long term. Um, some people think he could rival Mahomes, and that could be a rivalry. And he certainly has the talent for that, right? He they're actually really similar quarterbacks if you look at it. Huge arm, mobile, could throw on the run, uh, leader. Uh, so I definitely see that argument, but the jury's still out on him. The card I recommend is the Opticalo PSA 10. That card can be had for less than 300 bucks, which is a fraction of the price of the Mahomes card. Uh, it's a little bit of a longer term hold. I think it's a card that is a 12 to 24 month hold. Uh, but if he does have the next year, next year and a half that I project he will, I think that's a thousand dollar card plus. He, he's a stud. He's a star. He's someone that you can build a brand around. So uh, I think he's extremely undervalued at under 300 bucks for that card. I don't think you're going to find someone with his talent, his potential, and his kind of brand appeal. Um, and he has a real opportunity, depending on who they bring in as the GM, as the coach, and uh, kind of fill the roster spots. I think the next 12 to 24 months look really, really bright for him. And it's not a card you need to necessarily rush out and get now. Uh, it's a card that you could sit on, wait, and kind of be like a cobra in the grass and start buying it up little by little. Uh, but right at that $275, $300 mark, the Opticalo is uh, a steal. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. All right, I'll start over. I was saying, you know, after you talk about the NFL, you say Deshaun Watson. Basically, I'm a little nervous about the NFL. And I gave I give a lot of credit to the NBA, right? They did this. Um, they did this wild bubble 
uh, 22 team playoff basically race to the uh, the championship, and they just crowned the Lakers, you know, the best team. Um, they, they got a championship, and they did it all without a single positive COVID test that we heard of. You know, I mean, that's an impressive thing. It really reinforces the league. Very much. It reinforces, you know, the, the commissioner of that league, the bubble strategy, what they did, what the players did, how seriously they took it. I mean, you got to give kudos to them. I'll give the same similar kind of kudos to MLB. Um, they're about to crown a champ in the next week and a half. And, you know, right now they're in bubbles, and I, I haven't heard any positive tests there. Uh, we had some hiccups in the beginning of the season with the, the Cardinals and the Marlins and whatnot. But after getting over those initial issues, they redid the schedule, and it seemed like they weren't impacted. But as you and I speak here, the, uh, the Patriots just canceled their practice today. Uh, they got another positive test and they're awaiting results on another one. And they played Denver this weekend. Who knows what's going to happen with that game now because they've just uh, canceled their practice. And at the same time, the Colts um, have shut down their facility because of positive tests. And I think they're supposed to play the Bengals this week, maybe. Um, you know, scheduling issues are there. Obviously, New England, they've already had some problems. Cam Newton, you name it, they've already been kind of postponed once. Um, and... Um, very not very on Belichick like. Yeah, I mean it's weird, right? And I guess we'll see what happens. We'll, you know, we'll see where it goes. I mean, that's I not fair Colts... criticism to Belichick, by the way. That's not fair I to mean, him. Well, but... listen, uh... this is what it is, right? I mean, telling your players that you should just wear hoodie sweatshirts instead of masks—that's not the way to go. I'm just kidding. He didn't do that. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, I wish we had video. They could see you spitting your water out all over the. All, all over your computer, but uh, dude, I I want to I want a Luca Nation hoodie sweatshirt. I, I do, I really do. I think those are cool. Right. They're great for working out. They're great for shooting hoops. The ladies love them. No, no, no. And don't even get me started on the Cougars that you go hang out with, Cage. Yeah, Panthers, Cougars, uh, you know, Mountain Lions, all types of animals I hang out with. But so in any way, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I like the zoo. Um, but yeah, so so it's. Um, yeah, we'll get some sweatshirts for you, I promise. Um, so anyway, they, they, they did it. I'm a little nervous about football because of that. Um, we'll see what happens. So far, they've been able to kind of, you know, re, redo the schedule and, and with minimal interruption to the season. But it's, um, you know, it's definitely getting interesting as we see, uh, you know, the season continue. My play. My play. After How about I get this? How about this? Real yeah. quick, Cage. Yeah. Don't make a move on the Deshaun Watson card now. Watch and monitor the market mm -hmm. and make and find an opportunity to pounce. I think the, I think most of my plays are short term. This is actually a longer term play. This I, I think Deshaun's going to be really good. I like I it. I, 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 I believe listen. in him. I think Bill O'Brien was the kryptonite to him. In the and beginning he still of the played season, well under Bill O'Brien. In the beginning of the season, I sold the Sam Darnold Prism Silver. I know you're talking about the opposite, and the Prism Silver has crazy pops, but I sold the Sam Darnold Silver Prism for basically twice as much as what you can buy your card for, the Deshaun Watson, which is, I mean, that's insane. Um, so I think your card's a bargain now, but if what you're telling people is to just monitor it and see what kind of, you know, what kind of bargain they might be able to find yeah. for it, I think it's a, a great, great suggestion. So mine, mine is, um, again, I'll give you a play, but it's not just this card, right? I'll give you my one card, but it's more than that. Um, I want you guys to get a. Uh, I want you guys to get a head start on this. Everybody's coming with the same strategy. Everybody's saying, "All right, well, you buy basketball in the off season, and then you you can sell it in the uh, when the season starts up again." And right now, we don't even know when the season starts up. But guess what? If we're telling you this and you're thinking it, everyone else is too. So the only way to um, to actually do that is to get ahead on your buying now. Find the guys you like that have been decreased. That the prices have not gone. Um, 
that the prices have gone down, they haven't started going up yet, and be the first one to jump on those. Don't jump in when the prices already start going back up. There is a floor in with basketball cards now. Um, I'll give you a great example, right? So Trey Young is going to be my, my pick of the day. And, you know, let's just use – you can do whatever level of PSA you want because they kind of all flow on this. But just for the sake of, of ease of use, I'm going to use his Prism PSA 10 rookie card, um, a card that was over $600 at, uh, at its peak, um, selling in the high fives all day, every day, um, and is now down to $400. It really has not gone below that $400 mark, but you can still – bargain hunt and find. I actually had somebody offer me on Instagram yesterday, a lot of five at $375 each, you know, no fees, no nothing. Um, but I had to buy all five of them. Very inexpensive. You cannot find it that cheap on, on eBay. Um, What's the card number? So I think it's 78, but I'll have to check. I've submitted enough of these. I should know that by heart. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it's, uh, the card is number 78, but give me a second. Cause I was, I was looking it up before. Um, yeah, it's number 78. See that? I should trust my gut, man. I know this stuff. So it's, it's, it's Trey Prism 78. Um, and yeah, I mean, you get this card anywhere near 400. Basically, I, I will tell you, while it might not be the 600 it was at at its peak, before the season starts, the card will be 500, which is a 25% increase from 400. I would have no problem buying it at 415, 410, you know, somewhere in that range. Try somebody who's got a bunch of them, see if you can work off eBay and get them for under 400. The nines are, are less, obviously, if, if that's where you want to go. Um, I think what's going to happen is everybody's going to have the same strategy. Basketball ended. Baseball is going to end. We're going to be in this quote off season and people are going to be looking to pick up those off season buys soon. And within a week, two weeks, you're going to see that tray card already going for 430, 435, 440, 450. And, and once it starts moving up, you will have missed the opportunity to buy it at what I consider the floor is now. This goes the same for if you, if you like yep. Luca better and you want to do his prism, uh, the Luca Prism Rookie PSA 10, which was $2,000 at its peak. I saw one sell right before we logged on today for 1230 on eBay today, right? But, but Cage, th this is really good stuff. This is really good stuff. It actually is bouncing back up because yeah. it did hit around 1050, 1100. Right, well, you can ask, still, yeah. right? Because people still think 11, you might be able to still get one 1175. I'm just telling you an eBay sale that happened today. So that seller but, but, is, is not clearing 1230. That seller is going to lose 100 and change on that. So that's a seller who's only going to pocket 1135 or 1100. So you can still get it for 1125. But yeah, you're right. I, what my point is the floor is in. Go for it. And this is, this is a question to you, but if the wharf is listening to this, I want him to chime in on this too. Uh, with cards like this that have a really high pop, there's a benefit of pooling your money and buying 50 of these, right, at once. If you kind of think about it, you could get a better price per PSA 10 of a tray if you bought 50 outright as opposed to buying one, right? Correct. And somebody out there is sitting on 50 of them. Yeah. Is it possible and is there a way to pool money to drive that price lower, right? So let's say you, myself, and three other people from Luca Nation wanted to buy 10 each. And the seller would be willing to sell them at three twenty-five a piece if we took all fifty off his plate. It depends. I think it's how a would great you go about idea. that? You have to find the person who has the fifty and hope that they're not somebody who realizes that for whatever reason recently, um, lots of cards are selling for more than just one. I think it's a time thing. I think some people are willing to pay more for a lot than um, than they are for a single on certain cards, um, and. Um, you know, this being one of those cards, this I is mean, a card it, it, I would rather have 50 of 
because I could unload 50 as opposed to me having to, you know, piece together 50. And that. So I'm, I'll give you a real world this is, example. These are cards right? that you're going to flip in five, six yeah, months. I'll give you a real world example, right? So, so I sold 10, a lot of 10 Mbappe Prism World Cup PSA 9s with the wharf. They ended last night or two nights ago. And they sold for over $3,000 and a lot of 10, 3,100, something like that. I, I could find it. At the same time, there are listings for the same card on eBay, 300 or best offer. Wow. So what you're, what you're seeing there, just right there in the numbers, is that someone is willing to pay, not a ton more, but the same night. So, like, so, so I sold mine on the 15th. Probstein sold an auction for a PSA 9 on the 14th. 21250. 25309. 255. The night after, my lot of 10 sold for $3,051. So I love your point, but I think what's happening is the people who want to buy a lot, they don't want to pay shipping. They don't want to pay tax. They don't want to pay multiple transactions. They would rather pay a couple of dollars more per card and get 10 at once, all in one shot. It's the, you, you talk about it. It's the, the value of their time, right? Yep. Now, I'll it's a you, really interesting, Cage, you know this is a really interesting phenomenon. Two years yeah. ago, it wasn't like this at all. No, a, a year and a half ago, a year ago, last, you know, last year when I was buying Tatis in bulk, <laughs> I bought 74 from one person, 74 PSA wow. 10s from one seller at the same time in one deal. And at the time, the cards were selling for approximately $65 each on eBay, and I paid 54 a card. So, yeah. So, I was a good buy, obviously. I mean, it was a better buy when they were almost $300. But, you know, I was able to convince him, obviously. You know, he's, he's not going to make – he's not going to lose out on eBay fees. You name it. Plus, he gets to move all of them in one deal. You know, so – those Tatis cards, can I give you – I have a little theory. I think they're going to start trending back up towards 200. I don't know if you guys saw. He, uh, he got offered an insane deal, 12 years, $400 million. Um, Well-deserved for his rookies. Is this his rookie season? Yeah, so he was a rookie last year. Um, but, yeah, this is his first full season, although <laughs> is it really a full season? You know, he right. played last year. He, he missed a little bit of time with a like, – I think it was like a rib core kind of injury back. Um, but obviously he played well this year. He played better defense, which people were nervous about. You didn't want to give him that kind of contract if they were going to have to move him to the outfield. But he played, you know, he played above, above average defense. He only had a couple of errors this year at, at a shortstop to have that kind of power, that kind of speed combination. Plus he's 21. So it's not like they're giving him a 12-year contract when the guy is 27, as most people come to their free agency. You know, they're locking him up for, you know, for his age yep. 22 to 32, you know? So... It's pretty smart. I also love, and we'll wrap it here, um, with professional athletes, you know, you could have their, their kids. They're either going to be really spoiled or they're going to understand the habits and the disciplines that it takes to be a pro. I think he falls under the ladder. Like, I think he has really good habits, good disciplines. His teammates love him. He's super hardworking because, you, you know, it goes one of both ways. If you're the son of a professional athlete, you could be really spoiled and you could think everything is owed to you. Yep. Listen, you talent. Could be the Steph Curry. Yep. Talent alone doesn't do it, right? I mean, I, I'll come right back to Tatis in a second, but I watched Arch Manning play high school football, a high school sophomore last night, Arch Manning, the nephew of Peyton mm. and, uh, and, um, and Eli. Hailed, and, hailed as the next great quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he can't be in the NFL for many, many years, right? Um, you know, between now and when he gets to the NFL, um, you know, 
the Jets will have four head coaches. So here's the deal, right? So um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun, right? So, so no, but, but the, the, the deal on this, right, is uh, that I read an article about how he has no, he doesn't do interviews and he has no um, social media. So he's not on Twitter. He's not doing anything crazy that's going to, you know, hurt him in the draft or, you know, he's not going to have a tweet that somebody pulls up from three years ago where he's saying something stupid. So he's obviously coached the right way. And, and you know, you're right. The, the people can be, you know, one way or the other. And, and it seems like Tatis understands the game. I, I, the all I need to hear about Tatis here is is what Gary said in our in our in our interview with him. And if you haven't listened, go back. It's episode ninety eight, couple 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 days ago. Go ahead and take a listen. Gary mentioned how great people are, how how you know how Acuna and Soto are locked in and they're ready to roll. But the word he used about Tatis was he was obsessed with him. I am obsessed with Tatis. There's your quote. I mean, and that you don't get that with, Direct with all, quote. you don't get that with all sports players. You don't get that with all athletes. You get that with athletes who bring something else to the table, right? They, the Deion Sanders, right? The people who bring a flair, they bring something else to the sport, to the game that you want to watch for. And that's what Tatis brings. Yeah, he's going to get his hits and he's going to get his home runs, but he also brings a little dance in the dugout or a little bit of excitement, gets the whole team charged up. Um, those are the kind of guys you want to invest in. That's all. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.